How's it going, everybody? It's Charlie. I am joined by Good Brother Duke here. You guys know the deal. It's an AEW post show. Uh, Garrett, holy hell, man. AEW Revolution now in the rearview mirror. The word of mouth is buzzing. Everyone's buzzing. We just had the 60-minute Iron Man match end. And, I mean, I, it went you sudden know, death. Immediately, I want, I want an Iron Woman match now between Thunder Rosa and Jamie Hayter. That's what I want. I would buy into that match. I I thought, you know, not to completely bury the lead here, but the AEW rules in an Iron Man match with the no, like, intermissions between pins, it created a really cool setup that we'll jump into with MJF getting his pins that I thought actually worked out pretty well. But as it is, um, they did get a, again, not to bury the lead, but they did get a little confused with the scoring at first. But once they figured out how it was actually supposed to work, it was really simple. And it just, was like yeah, fine. exactly. Uh, they confused the broadcast team a little bit, I think, but you know they'll figure it out. And eventually, yeah. we're gonna have like a really super clean Iron Man match where there's like not any like growing pains, you know. Whether well, they're just gonna do it, and it's gonna be great. Yeah, they have their own little rule set that I think worked, and yeah, we got some new champions. If this is your first time checking us out, welcome. Uh, thanks for checking us out. We host a show uh, regularly each week called Eat Sleep Elite, where we kind of break down everything that went down and during the week of wrestling in AEW. We've been doing some other post shows, including. Uh, New Japan, Ring of Honor. We're still trying to see what's going on with Ring of Honor because, again, match quality this week on Ring of Honor was insane. Just like this pay-per-view was insane. So before we jump in beat for beat, let's do what we always do. Garrett, lead us off here. What were your overall thoughts? How are you feeling right now that the pay-per-view's ended? As I feel like it's the best way we start these um, things out, right? Well, I mean, there's always like a bit of a bittersweet feeling at the end of a pay-per-view, right? Especially in the AEW landscape because you know it's going to be a while before we get here again, you know? Um but even even when it's like month to month in the WWE, like I would always feel that I'd be like, ah, all right, and then they're like you know, like month until we get some more stuff, you know, like, yeah. Um, but like, I, I don't know, like I'm I'm just like really happy that the show, like, because there was part of me that was like, some of the matches on the show weren't like as spectacular on paper as others, and so I was like, ah, oh, is this show gonna hold together? But it was like it, there was just enough with all like the stuff that I just like okay that I kind of like rolled my eyes at, you know. Like, um, that I was like, okay, I can kind of vibe with this show. Like it, I don't know if it had like perfect structure or anything, but I think it, it, it didn't get, I think the parts that I didn't like would in no way have laid out, uh, weighed out, outweighed the parts that I did like, I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, that, that's what, I mean, yeah, we had some, some new, it, definitely a lot of our newer stars. Like the, the of, highs were so high, the lows could never have been low enough to like make it a bad show. You know what I mean? Like if that makes absolutely. Sense. And our guys, our tag team wrestle, our tag team of the year last year, unanimously, FTR returning. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is talk about. Dude, I thought that was blood. such a long shot for them to be on this show. Honestly, I kept saying it because I wanted to speak it into existence. Was, right? But, like, yes. Oh, it, it feels good to know that they're back. I, we'll be t- we'll be jumping more into that kind of when that. When this, we by the way, doesn't the mean that they're not still gone in April. That could still happen. That they they could just be winning the titles one way more one more time on the way out. You know, like yeah, let's let's hope drop that it right they're back here. to the acclaimed. I don't know, like yeah, they could be gone in four weeks, or you know, hopefully, hopefully it works out to where they resigned. It's a tier deal where we can see them work Japan, work wherever they want to work, and 
they can just be back being the living legends that they are. The new shirt, it's called Living in Color. I don't know. Is that a wink? Is that a nudge? Everyone's kind of pointing to the CM Punk thing. He didn't show up tonight, which, you know, I, I think it was okay. We only needed the one return. We had a lot of big matches. And yeah, there, was a, there was a lot. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah, this there, there's a lot. Double or nothing is in 12 weeks from today. So we got to let's build up to that. And during this, I'm actually I, I got a pretty good idea who's MJF's facing there now. I'm starting to just based on this show. You guys will probably be picking up what I'm putting down. But let's real quick. We only had one match during zero hour. ROH tag team champion Mark Briscoe and the Lucha Brothers taking on the varsity athletes. Tony Nese, Josh Woods, and Ari Davari with a brand new entrance with an introduction by Mark Starling that I actually thought worked really well for them. I had like some yeah. real like sports vibes here, like what their name should entail, the varsity athletes. Yeah, I mean, especially since we just kind of got the news also like that the factory is not going to be a thing anymore. Like if they're going to be like a regular team on Dark, which I assume they, they still will be, you know? Yeah. Um, since it seems like the trust busters are sort of like sort of fading away slowly with like uh Slim J looks like focusing on Ring of Honor and stuff like that now. And Davari, I mean Davari was straight up referred to as a varsity athlete. I don't he know was, I was referred just, to, but, which last week so, they they doubled down to make sure he he was still a trust buster. I where we go with that, I don't know. He I'm thinking still the be fa- in both. I mean, you yeah. Know. I'm thinking the factory. You know, I actually I want to have a. We're, we're going to talk about that a lot in East yeah, we'll have next to, week. We'll have I want to kind of dive that. into Stick that a little that in bit. news for next week, like preemptively. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll spend some time on the factory because you and I have talked about that. They were trending in the right direction, so it's kind of sad. But, you know, hopefully everyone goes their own separate ways and it all works out. But I, I wonder who it was that, like, was the, the experts that he was referring to. Because I, 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 I'm kind of curious who was, like, against the factory. I'm like, I think who, it was who, just Twitter heat saying it's boring and it doesn't work and – I mean, my only criticism of the factory ever was like they just never get the opportunity to really do anything. You know, that was the only thing I said, which is not their fault. That's like yeah. literally just booking, you know, like you can't exactly but like what are you going to have them do also? You know, it's like if you make them too big of a deal, then you have to start using them all the time like a lot of other teams. And, you know, that that you only got so much TV time, you know, exactly. So opening us up, I thought we had a really fun match to get the crowd going and. Yeah, again, Mark Briscoe with his redneck kung fu. I say it every time. It gets over with the crowd. Everyone was buying into it. When he does his little faces, uh, you know, his reactions, people buy into that shit. This was, it's so simple that it seems easy that everyone should do it. You have your baby faces go out there, warm the crowd up, get everyone excited, and get a nice easy win over a team that they've, you know, kind of low-key been feuding with for about the past three weeks. And yeah, uh, Abrahentis even got tossed in the ring after <laughs> he tossed Sterling into the ring and he, where he ate a fear factor, you know, uh, Briscoe won with the froggy bow on Davari. Again, I thought Josh Woods looked fine here. Everyone looked good. I I, I don't think this hurt anyone. And I think it did. Yeah, a I think jo- Josh Woods think was like feeling himself job. after that really great match on ring of honor, because like, he just had like a, like a one spot in this match. So I was like, what, what, what match are you having, Josh Woods? You kind of go crazy over <laughs> he there. Wants, he wants to go out there and have a solo match with uh, literally, <laughs> literally. I mean, hey, I'd, I want to see that match. It'd be an awesome. I'd match. buy it too. Fuck yeah. Also, I like the little Penta and Davari pose off. You know, like Penta's like, oh, okay, you'll do, you'll do your thing. You know, like, and then I'll do my thing. You know, 
Penta, I do. I still think Penta is one of the most like underrated singles. Like guys, remember that little singles run he had that all that ended in a title. Yeah, shot? when Phoenix was hurt and he, he changed the name to Penta oh. Oscuro, it was good stuff. Oh, that was that was some good stuff. And that good. Oh, that was good. I'm the gonna... only other kind of main note I had from the pre-show, well, or Zero Hour that I wanted to mention, I thought RJ City took advantage of every single second he was on screen. He I was have a feeling crushing he's going to be like your Peter Rosenberg, your Sam Roberts. But like, like they have like a small group of fans that like them as like an interviewer, but they won't get used like how they were in the WWE. Maybe, maybe there's more open mindedness here because RJ actually was, I think, a wrestler, right? You know, but like, I don't know. Yeah, like, it, it works. Like if we start seeing him more on Dynamite cool. Rampage, just, was cool I'm not going to be surprised. Him. I literally watch his uh, his AEW literally like every other. He has week, a fun little. It. Yeah, it's fun. So, yeah, that was kind of all I had for Zero Hour. I kind of – I think we could have used another women's match on Zero Hour. I feel Zero like we could have used, like, a couple of matches on the Zero Hour. Yeah, I felt like there it, was, like, 30 or 40 minutes of just, like, talking, which I'm fine with. I only one women's like, match tonight. I mean, even if Jade walked out there and did an open challenge. And how could we not, like, have given, like, Willow and Cheetah, like, 10 minutes on this? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, easily could have, so. Or maybe not Cheetah. Maybe she's not the only thing like, I'm, like, Willow and, I don't know, like – Penelope or something, you know, like you could give some, or maybe Penelope's or whoever's not injured right now. You could have given a match, like I don't know, it could have worked out well. Uh, so Ricky Starks, Chris Jericho, it's our first match. Jay, Ricky Starks for ends up, Yep, he ends up defeating Chris Jericho, which I think is the right call. The, yes. I really like the pace of this match. I gotta say, there was uh, Sammy tried to hit the ring. And Action Andretti laid him the fuck what, out. So what happens if he does that? <laughs> Do they just get disqualified? Like, I, yeah, Probably. Jericho I mean, doesn't I, like, so what, what was the point then? I don't know. I did say that I thought that uh, the way that Ricky was going to win was, was was off an assist off uh, Action Andretti. And I just want to say, like, I don't think it was done poorly, but it's still like, come on. No, that didn't. That, I wouldn't say that impacted the win. It just helped him not get screwed. I mean, over. if he doesn't get involved, like Sammy could pull some shenanigans. You know what I mean? Like, I, you yeah. Know, it, you know, you know, it's that's why it was done like that because it's like now Jericho can come on TV and say if he want if they want to extend this feud, he can come on TV no, and be like, it, oh, oh, that's fair. I, I would say he 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 got hit with the bat, blocked the Judas effect, and hit the Rochambeau. I mean, that's a clean win. I think. I, I think this is a hopefully a good sign that we're going to see more Ricky Starks this year. Again, I think it's going to be a, a repeating sign tonight, but a lot of young guys picked up victories tonight that hopefully are in, you know, AW's future plans, future champions. Ricky Starks should be a champion here. And yeah, overall, I thought the pace of the match was very well uh, played out. It wasn't like, some vicious match because we had plenty of that tonight. We didn't need that here, but it was, it was, you know, the veteran Jericho trying to outsmart Ricky. And at the end he wasn't able to, uh, any other thoughts you had from this one? And, uh, who, what do you think about Ricky Starks picking up the win here? Um, I'm really happy that Ricky picked up the win. Um, like we were talking in, uh, messages during the match, like DMing back and forth. And I was like, is this like the biggest win of Ricky's career? Which I know you're like, why do you have to ask that? But like, the thing is like, Jericho is on a level where, like, yes, he's probably the the biggest win you could get in AEW, right? But, like, I would also argue that if you were to pin, like, Hangman Page or John Moxley or if CM Punk were to come back, CM Punk or, at this point, probably MJF, you know? I think at this point is almost there. You know, yeah. maybe at the end of this title run, you could say that about him. 
um kenny omega uh you know basically the guys that have been world champion and probably in the female division like your Britt baker is now jamie Hader, tony Storm. anyone that could beat hikaru shida for example absolutely uh, riho as well you know what i mean and yep. uh and nyla didn't nyla win the title at least once like yeah. you know like so it's like, you know, when people forget that. And Hyla takes pins all the time. Not all the time, but every now and then. And you're just like, that's you just been a world champion. Like, what? Anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I liked how Jericho got sent to the Shadow Realm. I like that second to last move, like the knee or whatever it was. He was just dead. Um, yeah, I just really fun match. Good match to open the show. Like, the two matches that technically opened the show. So you had, like, the pre-show match, which got the crowd going. And then... Um, going straight into Starks versus Jericho, which you could pick up on that. Like you, you called that like a week ago or something that you thought that would be. I just, I, the show. I, Chris Jericho opening the show makes so much sense to me, especially <clears> if he's going to lose. Well, he also always says that, right? Like if he's not going to be on last, he wants to be on first, you know, it's like, obviously this isn't going to be a main event feud. You know what I mean? But like, um, not that it couldn't be, but like, it's just not with MJF versus Brian Danielson and an Iron Man match on the card, you know, like, um yeah and i so my my question to you next because i because we, we obviously talked about that so like what was your thoughts on them going straight from this into the final burial because i honestly don't wonder like should that maybe have gone like in the middle or something like i don't know like no i i think i'm thinking in terms of the match order it kind of made sense if you weren't gonna do so essentially, they did these two and then all the title matches in a row except for the Texas death match, right? And if that was the plan, I, I like the idea of the Texas death match being in the middle and not opening with that. I, I, I think if we're not opening, because it seems like AEW doesn't mind well, pushing their titles right? kind of in an order. If you go straight from that into House of Black versus Elite, right? Then you have a huge mega match. Then you have the women who honestly did a decent job of following that match. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and then you go into final bill. Now it might have deflated the crowd a little bit, but who knows? Like the energy level might have been better. I have no idea. Yeah, it sounds like even uh, for I guess Fightful Select is saying uh, this was on the sheets this afternoon to go first. This match, uh, Jack Perry and Christian Cage. So they may, maybe they changed it last minute. Yeah, they, they probably did. They probably made. I mean, it, it's not. I think Tony Khan is like. I don't know if I've heard him specifically say this, but he seems like the kind of person that wouldn't be like, we have to stick to this. Like, I feel like sometimes things just happen, and you have to change things around. Well, what's going to work so, better? You know. Yeah. Um. Something I kind of want to do after each match here is just a little a complete shot in the dark. So we know double or nothing's twelve weeks away. Okay. Right? Ricky Starks just picked up a win here over Chris Jericho. Is he on that card? I mean, bearing injury, I, I bearing everything, so. of course. Yeah, assuming he's not injured, assuming that uh, who they would have him face is not injured. Yeah, I would say. I agree. I do think he's on the card. Second, the follow-up to that. Okay. Do we think he's going for a championship and or is a champion? Um, If Hobbs wins the title, I think it would make a lot of sense to run that back. Okay. For okay. the championship. Um, and again, this answer could be the same for everyone. It could be the same for each title. It's just the idea of could yeah. we see them at double or nothing, or is this something more or less delayed? Or I think we're have and some this is answers. just a thought. If, if you're not going to have Kanosuke take the title off of Cassidy, you could have it be Ricky. Yeah, Ricky Starks and Cassidy screams money to me. You could even um, have Ricky win that on a dynamite and run it back. You know, Ricky could face yeah, run the it back at, the at double or nothing. Yeah, you know, absolutely. it doesn't. Starks versus Cassidy too would be fucking huge. You know what I mean? Like, oh my yeah. god. 
So um, speaking of the final burial, that was our second match. Jungle yep. Boy Jack Perry defeats Christian Cage. I think Jungle they did a good Brothers. job keeping the crowd like really intact for this. Mm-hmm. This is by far one of the biggest wins in Perry's career. I think this is the best AEW match with Christian in it that I've seen. There was maybe a tag match or something. I think he might have been in or something that I thought was okay. But yeah, yeah, this and I, I in terms of singles, I'd put it up there with the Kenny match. I thought he did really good with Kenny. I, I remember watching that Kenny match and just not being super impressed. Like, Kenny's good in they it. They had a really good match on Dynamite for that. I believe it was for the Impact okay. title. That was the one okay. I really liked. And yeah, that was when Christian was, like, champion of multiple companies, right? Like, Yeah, uh, uh, Kenny was, and, and Christian stole the Impact one off of him. It was pretty wait, random, wait, but really? it worked. That's interesting. Yep. Okay. Huh, I might have to go back and look at that. Oh, um, wait, I can't. This, There's no streaming service. This kicks off Jungle Boy's uh, quest for gold in 2023. And it firmly puts the Christian Cage feud behind him. I, I or just, does it? Dun, dun, dun. Have, I, we've, we've talked about it before. This feud was really fun. For some it, reason, I really thought Luchasaurus was going to be in the coffin. I mean, that would have been great. I don't know obviously what's up he's with him. probably still hurt. I'm, but, you know, if he's not yeah. hurt, like, you can pull him and put him in the coffin. Maybe, I don't know. But um, maybe, maybe, maybe he returns, he's not the Undertaker, I guess. But, yeah, we know. can figure out what's going on with that. But, yeah, I guess... Let's, let's cover the end here, kind of, because the main story here was when he finally got when they were fighting towards the casket, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Cage kind of begged him off. He hit a desperation low blow kick. He tried to close the casket, drove Perry repeatedly his face against it. Perry was placed in the casket, fought out. Cage threw dirt in his eyes, connected with a kill switch. Cage tried a concerto, but missed it. Perry swung a shovel to knock the chair out of his hands. Cage desperately raked at his eyes. Missed a shovel shot, and Perry locked him in the snare trap. Cage seemed to pass out. As Perry set things up, he looked to the heavens, hit a concerto. Cage was rolled into the casket. Perry gave one final glance before slamming the door, and the casket fell to the ground. I thought that was – it was almost like – like uh, it was beautiful. <laughs> I didn't him know what the, the point of the, of, the, of the casket falling was. I'm sure it was supposed to be like symbolic, but like, I don't know. It didn't quite hit like that for me. You know, it probably was unpleasant for Christian. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a nice little added touch to it was interesting. The I, was just like, I wasn't expecting it. I was like, oh, yeah. God, that probably hurt. Shit. You know, like, okay, I guess it was that's like going to be AEW's you know? uh, way of letting us know that match is over. He's not yeah, getting out. Shit. He did. <laughs> he did. But yeah, I'm with you. And. Uh, to, uh, to answer the Starks question, I'm with you on both of them. I do think he's going to be featured on Double or Nothing, and I think he's going to be going for a title. And Jack Perry, I 100% think he's featured at Double or Nothing. I think either of the people that we said that Ricky could go up against. Yep. Cassidy and I believe and Jack Hobbs. fits that same category. So if that's how we're kicking off this pay-per-view is our two guys that pick up wins here, because again, we need to... AW needs to get back to focusing in 2023. These wins matter. These big wins matter. So in 12 weeks, if Jack and Ricky are going in bigger matches or for uh, championships, or if they are champions, it's going to look really good because that's going to mean this pay-per-view win mattered that much because they both beat Hall of Famers. They both beat legends. Like, we can't forget that. Christian Cage you know and Jericho are legends. I just, just are realized legends. that we have, like, two on this show alone, we have, like, two match of the year candidates. I just That just hit me while I was sitting here. Yeah, and let's just hop right in then. The House of Black have defeated the Elite to win the AEW Trios titles. As we do, we'll we'll talk about the match and then we'll kind of dive into the AEW Trios title reign that the Elite had. We'll do the same for Samoa Joe, but it'll kind of be a little easier for that one. 
It's crazy. We've already had three trios champions. That's kind of nuts. I mean, I guess we should have kind of yeah. expected the title to move around a little bit more because it's not like built necessarily. For yeah, long I don't think we're going to get multi hundred day champions with this title. Whoever gets that hundred day title plus reign will probably hold it for a while. Like, I don't even know who that would be. I would have to like. I mean, Death Triangle felt like they held it for a long now. time, but it was one twenty six. Well, I yeah, mean, like they could have, but like I, you know, but that, that was, was with because... a, a baked in best of seven. You know. That's also true. I didn't even think about that. They just got spotted seven weeks on their title reign, basically, and yeah. eight because they ended up putting one in there for the Japan trip. So shit. But I'm gonna let you take the lead on this one. What did you think of this match, and how how badly do you want to see Malachi Black and Kenny Omega tear it up? Oh, I, that's that's <laughs> my new like match that I really hope we get to see by the end of this year because I think that could be like match of the year. You know, like uh, after seeing just what they did in this match alone, like uh, in the. Like they only really got one sequence where it was just the two of them in the ring, but in that time, they they really made that time work, you know? They um, did. Just to, go, to, to rewind a little bit, so they both had some, you know, incredible entrances, as always. That's like, I, I was, as this match was kicking off, I was like, all right, here's where, where we're going to get, like, it wasn't like MJF I, in my head was going to steal the show later with the best entrance of the show, which I think he totally did, but um but just to say like julia's gear and like the claws and the, the custom gear she had for this was incredible um the masks and everything that everyone else was wearing too she actually i think she finally got a mask she might have already had one but either way like she looked like a character out of resident evil or something like that or not resident evil like um silent hill or something like that you know what i mean like she looked like like a, a, a like a video game monster character you know what i mean like she looks um, she looks so good yeah, it was, it was crazy, and so did the the rest of the crew. That was, like, the House of Black have such an intimidating entrance. Oh, and I noticed something with, like, the colored lighting that added, like, a new, a new like, a dimension to that entrance, you know? So, um, but like you were saying, I was I was hoping uh, we, we'll we get Kenny versus Malachi at some point. That's, that's just such a money match. Um, yeah. There was a sign in the crowd that said, Matt Jackson's hair is all elite. Don't know where that came from, but that's awesome. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny um brody oh my god yeah we got to talk about brody king in this brody match, king oh my god like holy if, shit dude if there was ever a question that i, I this might be one of the better like uh, how do i phrase it he was he was booked to feel like a monster and i genuinely felt that like fear and that, See, what's that funny anguish is i took it completely to get them down I there's so many bodies in a six man tag match, right? Especially when there's like all this like high spots and shit going on in that crazy chaos. This giant man, I mean, he's gigantic, but you could easily get lost in the shuffle if you're just getting hit with a lot of those spots. As a big dude, like I would say, Hikaleo in that match, we we always praise with um uh you know um what is it Phantasmo or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um you know uh where where like he was like partially in the match, but like you know it was just they didn't need him to be like the big you know center the stage but they they i guess you could say they centered brody king in this match but he himself i think stood out in this sea of just crazy spots going on and i think i got i got a perfect comparison that happened this week he felt like a monster in this match right whereas a lot of these big guys sometimes work as big men think about how he felt in this match compared to how large william big bill felt in his match against cassidy he felt like a big guy Brody in this match felt like a monster. There is a difference. And it, it just, I don't know how, how to describe it, but if you can see what I'm saying. Brody it King sense. is simply built different. He is. And the face paint looked great. Uh, Buddy 
I mean, there were some absolutely fucking insane spots. Oh, yeah, the opening sequence with Kenny and, and Buddy, with all the comparisons that have been made over the years between their styles, that was like, they just decided they were going to be the two best flippy dudes for a minute, you know, like, just crazily. Yeah, just, just getting in the, doing the wrestling. Um, God, th- there's a spot I want to make sure I don't forget, and it was, it had to do with Matthew's knee, right? Yes, okay, the Bucks tried a Melter driver, and Matthews hit Nick in the air mid flip with a fucking knee, and the timing of that was so perfect. Nick looked like he actually died. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Nick is actually dead, and his soul left his body, and it was incarnated by a different match, <laughs> different match Jackson. The timing of this was just utterly insane. Um, the, the, the multiverse has been breached. The incursion has, has begun. I'll kind of go a little bit of. I'll I'll, I'll kind of hit the end of the match here. Just because they, I feel like this deserves it. And like you said, we, we both felt so highly about this match. This can kind of resonate on some of these points. Let's start with when Omega tried to hit the Snapdragon on, on Brody King. He countered that into a really violent lariat, which just made it look like, again, that, that violence that Brody King enamored from this match was just awesome. The Bucks cut off a triple team attempt, but Black fired off a nasty pump knee and leg submission on Omega. Matt broke it up with a dive. As everyone took turns hitting high-impact moves until finally Omega and Black stood tall. They have a forearm and knee battle. Both men crumbled for the reset. Julia Hart, she then distracted Nick long enough to get trapped in a sleeper on the apron by King. Matt broke it up. Omega clobbered him with a V-trigger. Multiple just beautiful snapdragons on Black by Omega. Hart again hit the rose to the apron. Omega tried a one-winged angel. Black wiggled free. Omega then fires off a V-trigger and it cracks Julia Hart. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Julia is actually dead. We don't see her until the very until the match is over at that point. That's when Black then connects on his home run spin kick. Omega was bailed out by Nick at a two count. Dante's Inferno's connected on Omega. The Bucks break it up. King wiped the Bucks outside. Matt launched into the front row. House of Black surrounded Omega, but took too long. The Bucks broke it up with a super kick party. BTE trigger connects on Black. Matthews breaks it up. The Bucks try a Melter driver only for Matthews to hit Nick in midair. Nick then was planted with the Dante's Inferno and the House of Black win the titles. We both, I believe we both predicted the Elite to retain, but I guess kind of this morning, even we were talking about it when we were streaming today together, uh, we were like, you know, I wouldn't be too shocked if the House of Black win. The vibe was kind of changing and... You know, I couldn't be more well, happy I think for the guys. going into the previous weeks, we had kind of assumed the House of Black were going to win. But then, like, we thought about it. I asked you just straight up on the podcast, like, well, how long has their title reign been? Because I feel like I don't want it to be, like, a 50-day title reign for them. You know, I thought, like, 80 days to me made sense in my head for some reason. 80, 90 days, like, just under 100. But, you know, I mean... Because one of the reasons why I was thinking that, too, and, like, you could, I think you're going to agree with this. Like, the Young Bucks... Charlie, what was the last time you can think that they actually like made a mistake that you can think of in a match, or that they didn't do something perfectly? Like I'm just being honest here. Like it's, I, it's, I'm a it, big critic of the Young Bucks. Like run. I, you know, like them and Kenny since they came back from from being suspended have been literally like perfect on everything. You know, like so I I'm a little surprised to see this is where we're going. So maybe maybe that means that like maybe Kyle is closer to being back than we thought maybe or something. And then maybe we're going to go into that storyline now. Like, cause yeah, maybe we're gonna just going to run up. this back. Maybe you don't have just... to ask me, obviously, are the elite going to be at double or not? Yes. Obviously. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> in short. Yes, they are possibly in the main event. You never know. Like, 
I, I think we could run this back. I'd be perfectly okay with that. If the matches are on this caliber, forget about it. It's going to be fucking insane. Before we move on to the ladies, let's uh, let's take a peek at the title reign, huh? So they won the match, of course, at, on Dynamite in a, what is it, Eels and Escalators match? Yeah, an Eels and Escaleras match. <laughs> Escalera de la Muerte match. That was a seventh and final match in the best of seven. They won the titles off of Death Triangle. And again, just such a fun program that was. They go on then. Uh, Rampage about, let's see, about three weeks later at Dayton, Ohio. Rampage, baby. Defeated The Firm. Ethan Page, Isaiah Cassidy, and Matt Hardy. That's a really fun trio. Firm. Um, The following week on Dynamite, they beat AR Fox and Top Flight in a trios championship match. Uh, We love those matches. And then the week after, they beat AR Fox and Top Flight again in the Slam Dunk show where they had the basketball feature. Yeah, that basketball match was fun. The elite got all their stuff in. I mean, they get all the gimmick matches. So, yeah. Um, in total, 53-day title reign. They're the second. That was their second championship run. And now we're off to the House of Black, which if I had to pick right now, I think we're running this back at double or nothing. But if, you know, if Punk is here and what they're doing with Kenny, I, you could you could show me a million ways and I'd probably follow you. So, yeah, I mean, if Kenny Omega's cutting a promo with the Bucks out there like on on Dynamite on Wednesday and all of a sudden you hear CM Punk's music hit, you know what I mean? Like, I... we need Kenny Omega to cut a promo on Dynamite. We do. I I miss that. We need him to cut a promo at the end of Dynamite so he can send us home. Goodbye. Mwah! And good night. Good stuff. Ladies time. Jamie Hader. Soraya, Ruby Soho, they have the unfortunate uh, game of following that match, which the crowd was just unbelievably into. I thought the match itself had moments where I was like, this is some pretty good stuff. The post-match kind of was the big angle here. And Soho is joining the uh, the Invaders. I, I, they ha- they've called them something else. We've been calling them the Invaders on the podcast. It's just kind of funny. Um, but Soho has officially joined heel with Soraya and Tony Storm. She's not an AW original. I just... I, I feel like that's I, the easy way out, which I'm fine with. You know, it it, makes it sense. is the easy way out. But also, like, I, I, it would be too challenging to follow if, like, she went onto that side and then an AW original went onto the other side. Like, it makes a lot more sense to do it when, this way. When but. Athena was, was turning heel, I wasn't 100% into it. And then two weeks later, I'm completely bought in. She's, like, my favorite heel woman right now. You know, yeah. so it, I can always be swayed over. And, you know, I don't know if I've seen Ruby work as a heel. I don't know. Tony like, Storm as a heel has been really, really good recently. Like, exactly. Just, like, and I didn't think that would which, be Which case. I would not have thought. Like, she doesn't seem like a natural heel to me. She seems a lot more like a natural baby face. Like, that run she had as champion, obviously, she was super over, you know. But then, like, now that I've been watching it for a little bit, I'm with you. Like, I think, I think sometimes you just need to, like, stick with something sometimes. And I feel like wrestling fans are sometimes not willing to do that. And AEW does do slow burn, long... Like, this buildup of this Brian Daniels and MJF story, like, it wouldn't have been as good of a payoff if they hadn't done that slow burn that lasted over the last, like, however many weeks, you know, so. Yeah. So, we officially got three women on the Invaders team. We're, we're What are we thinking? Still four or five, most likely? Um, I mean, if we're going blood and guts, right, you need five, right? So. I really <laughs> hope they get Athena on this team now. That's four, and then maybe Serena Deeb. So, so we still haven't figured out where we think because because Jade was so. We should talk about that Jade not being on this pay per view like at all. I I think that's a I, she should have had a, 
I'm wondering if they didn't want to put her on zero hour because then that, you know, it feels they like you're demoting her, right? They don't like, want to have that reputation on the title. They don't want to fit her on the show because they don't want to have. I mean, again, it, would it have killed anyone to have her just get a six minute squashing? Come at, come out to like unannounced, even come out and defend the title and like a two minute I always match go back even. to the Ty Mello match. It was seven minutes, and yet in that seven minutes, they got some of her best work out of her. Like they it got so plenty much of fun. those talents. They bring it on a regular basis. You mean to tell me there's not one female jobber that wants a match in California tonight? You know, like I mean, were, were they not ready to? I don't know. I hope I hope Wednesday she's out there and, and rehost the one that jumps her or maybe something. She, and maybe she's literally getting a match on Wednesday. It, it's it's time it's time to move on. Maybe to someone she like should have gotten champion. a title defense this week, like a couple of other people did. You know what I mean? Like I wonder if yeah, maybe they should would, have done it that. Would have made sense. Maybe she's I, like secretly hurt, and we don't know. That's possible as well. Ooh, I hope not. That would suck. But yeah, the match. Um, I thought it it was perfectly fine here. Again, there wasn't like anything to completely shake the moon about i thought jamie Hader looked really good shake everyone, the moon everyone kind of got their stuff in ruby looked pretty cool with her new hair i thought she looked pretty cool uh, one thing we did bury the lead on the pre-show the sweet cheeks music that's still officially the name of tony Storm. still move. officially the name yep so we get the tower of doom spot with soraya being the one standing tall she applied the pto on soho before being clobbered by a harry uh a hater lariat harriet uh, Storm and Baker jumped on the apron, eight shots. Soraya hit a rampage. Soho hit a no future, and Hater rolled up Soho for the flash pin. Yeah, and I'm I'm fine with with Hater winning. I think that makes the most sense. Again, that's how many matches in a row we're having our younger talent win with uh, Jack Perry, Ricky Starks, and then Soraya here or uh, Jamie Hater winning. We're entering a new era of AEW. If we didn't already with MJF and Hater being our champions. The era of young blood. The amount of people that got put over tonight is fucking insane. And I think that's that's kind of be, going to be the feeling leaving this pay-per-view. And I hope we uh, we resonate that how, the rest of the year. How are the guns? Are they like young too? I can't imagine they're old. Yeah. So, yeah. Austin, Austin, Austin Gunn was 40 some days. Yeah, I remember... Uh, here in an interview, he was in college not even that long ago. So I can't imagine they're much. They're like thirty, mid thirties. I mean, even Ricky's thirty three, but he's still young. Like, I feel like I, Austin Gunn would be wrestler. good on one of those like Riverdale like type drama shows. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I can see it. So okay, here we go. Hangman Adam Page, John Moxley, Texas Death Match. What'd you think of this one? Take the lead here. <laughs> Damn. Um, <laughs> if we give it a Simmons Awards on this podcast, I like these podcasts. I think this match as a whole would probably get it. Um, this was like a down and dirty death match. Like you would have seen like CZW Moxley going after, you know, like um, not there necessarily were some people as hardcore. That were, uh, they were grossed out by this. Um, there are some people that don't like this in wrestling. And yep. I'll tell you, I used to be one of those people. And then I just went on like a, 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 like, I don't know, like a splurge of watching all of Moxley's matches in GCW for a year. And I, I got to tell you guys, there's a reason why Tony Khan told him to not go back there because like he was doing this all the time. And I think it was probably bad for his health, you know, like, um, <laughs> and um, like, I just, I don't know. Like, that's one of the reasons why I respect Blake Christian so much because he had a match like that with him. It wasn't like a hardcore match or anything. It was just a match with Moxley and GCW. So that's what was going to happen, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so they didn't waste any time. Like, Mo- so Mox, you know, got brushed immediately by Hangman. 
um which i was not surprised by but speaking of hangman i don't want to bury the lead here hangman came out to i didn't get the name of the song down but he came out to like a really iconic song for his entrance did you happen to catch that i got it right here i i shazammed it it is called it is by the band the outlaws it is called riders in the sky ghost so yeah okay so there you go so i i'm I'm not music savvy enough to know the importance of that but obviously it's associated with like cowboys and hangmen so this might have been like one of those things like with the elite and with orange cassie where people had like these dream moments of this being the music they came out to i'm sure this is one of those things Uh, even if it's not it's still really cool um i sent you a gif of uh burning shoveling burning money into a like a shoveling money into a furnace shoveling money into a furnace because that's like aw's music department at this point um and uh so i mean i could start like naming off spots and i guess i will but like there was just barbed wire murder happening all over the place um the i think the gnarliest spot for me and i think this is like always the kind of the crazy gnarly spot in these uh moxley matches is like the fork and the like literal gash that he just gouged open on hangman's forehead yeah Hangman's um, hair getting stuck in that fucking that barbed wire chair that was wrapped. That super was stuck thick. in there for so long that no one could tell if it was flesh or not. Which is, I mean, like ugh. <laughs> the term that came to my mind here, and I I, I re- messaged you during the show. It was vicious. Yeah, this there was, was just blood vicious. everywhere. I mean, like I, it's like I there was like a power bomb on that barbed wire chair at one point they did like a moonsault with the barbed wire that was just a dumb spot i don't know why the hell hangman thought that was a good idea (laughs) yeah um, uh they they did not they took advantage of this death match that's for damn sure i don't know how that brick thing with the hand worked by the way i have no idea (laughs) like um there's got to be something that the fake brick. It's a soft Maybe he brick. somehow pulled his foot at the last second. I mean, I don't know. There's, I, you know, yeah, I'm assuming he probably did that or something like that. Or Hangman like pulled his hand right before but, he came down. Like, I don't even know, but like, fuck. Um, I believe it was when Hangman hit a dead eye onto the chair. Moxley's fucking head. Oh yeah, it just went straight down into the into the barbed bleeding. wire. Like, yeah, he legit must have got a fucking piece of barbed wire poked in the back of his head. Well, yeah, I think his head also got like potentially it could have gotten cut open when he landed backwards on the um, barbed wire board, you know, um, thing like the barbed wire table thing. Um, like with I, cause that's his, cause he was stuck and he got like that, those wide eyes and that might have just been him selling it. But I mean, if you got a piece of barbed wire stuck in the back of your head, I think you would also do that, you know, um, it's kind of cool how that also gave Moxley his second win. Like, I don't know if that's how that match was intended to go, but that was pretty crazy. Like, he got woken up by the barbed wire being stuck in a bunch of places. Yeah. Like, oh, he had some great visuals too, uh, with his face, with his face, just some great reactions that could be used as memes. But <clears throat> I don't know, by the way, how Hangman is not dead after he got chucked off the top rope through one of those things. Like, that's insane. Like, I think it would have gone worse for him if he went through it. Like, I think the fact that he missed it actually was better. And Let's talk about the the submission at the end here. He fucking he hung him. Hangman hung the motherfucking enemy. Hit Moxley with a buckshot lariat, hung him over the top rope, and Moxley tapped out. That is a vicious fucking that's some that, that's some hardcore yeah, br- wrestling. Brutal shit. match overall. Um not gonna win match of the night, but uh, it might win feud of the year, you know, because there, the there's line. gonna be some people that that's gonna be their favorite match. And you know what? 
As There's some often... sick people out there that watch this kind of shit, and this is the kind of wrestling they like. And it's like it's it's um it's uh, some people call it like the garbage style of wrestling. I think there's a difference. I think it's like when done like this in the right situations. I feel like this storyline is one where you built to it. Like you, it's it hard it, to go. Yeah. Like it, it it took a lot. I'm sure for Hangman to like get because imagine you're going through an injury like he went through even if they like sort of worked it you know what i mean like say he wasn't actually as badly hurt as as they let us on right um or maybe not even hurt at all who knows maybe we got completely worked right um i don't think that was the case but let's just say that it was right say they completely worked us for once and that was how that went even if that's the case that just shows the storytelling that you can do in wrestling when you actually let a story develop over time like this did this went from like a six-week story from television to like what ended up being like i think like eight or nine weeks of storytelling maybe i'm overselling how many weeks it was but yeah it it was a long time it was a long storyline i think actually somehow even though we already had the one payoff in their second or third match whatever that was on dynamite that was so huge I think this also had a huge payoff to it, even though it was like their fourth match or something like, you know, like it was just crazy. Yeah. I thought they, even though hangman is a former world champion, hangman's still young. He's still, you know, what the future of the company. And this is another definition of at John Moxley putting him over. This is another guy getting put over another young talent. And it feels weird to say because he's a former world champion. But... <laughs> His actual name is Steven. <laughs> and that plays into the next thing I was going to say was, I think now with Hangman Page getting this win over John Moxley, bearing CM Punk's return, bearing it's Kenny, I, I think we're going to jump into Hangman Page now versus MJF at double or nothing. I think that's going to be the main event match. It's, you know, Hangman lost it to Punk, and he has been working his way back. And now officially winning this feud with John Moxley, let's make sure this win matters. John Moxley I'll, got beat up by a school teacher, Lamel. He did. What a great story he uh, Hangman is. Yeah. He 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 finished that that year. He finished being a teacher. He he finished the year because he was man. still he, teaching while he was wrestling, wasn't he, or something like that? Yep. He finished his school year and then he went on. He went to New Japan, and he he ended up being a full time wrestler from there on. And then that's pretty that, cool. It was like I don't remember when exactly it was, but it was Hangman was was becoming a star as he was a teacher. The one I first started hearing nuts. about Hangman was when he was like in the Ring of Honor title scene. I feel like or something like that. Like I don't know if he was going to win it, but like he was like being featured heavily on Ring of Honor. I remember. I remember. Yeah, it, it really really cool story. Again, I, I don't know if you can have a more AEW babyface than him going against MJF. What what would be your thoughts on that? Is our main event a double or nothing? Yeah, I, I almost MJF. like Hangman in the mid card because you can see. Not that I want him to not be in the main event, but like just seeing how dynamic this feud was, I want to see like who could we put him up against that he can make bigger. We don't necessarily have to have him because this is the utility of having a former champion like uh, Hangman that's just recently been champion. It's still fresh in everybody's minds, especially because everyone wants to delete the stuff with Punk out of their mind. I mean, right double now. or nothing is where he lost it, right? So. Right. So, I mean, like, you know, I, I, yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I think that, um, I think that if you don't want to use him that way, I think you could also get a lot out of him. But, I mean, I completely understand why you would think, I mean, it would make a lot of sense. I'm mainly thinking that because he just beat John Moxley. And John Moxley is the most protected wrestler in AEW. He has the most wins. He's only been beat like what now five well, times. Also, they're both they've both beaten Moxley, right? So it would make sense to see who's yep. better between them. So I mean, you know, 
if if we're strictly and they going both got taken to guys, their limits at Revolution. I mean, there's 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 a lot of angles to that, you know, like. Yep, and I, it would make a lot of sense to me. That's going to be my early prediction. Again, I'm sure we'll find out more on Dynamite within the next couple of weeks of what's going on with that because I the vibes are really good for AW right now. So what's what's okay. MJF going to do when when Hangman comes out and says he's going to try to save AEW from him? Oh shit! You might have to shoot on him. Um, I don't know if I got the no. I did get to finish that. Okay, okay. We had three matches left after this point. I was like, at this point, I'm like, holy fuck! The pace of the show is insane, I, and we have an. Hour I was feeling. Today. I was like, okay, so Wardlow versus Samoa Joe. Okay, Samoa Joe has done this thing on pay per views sometimes where he has like a 10, 15 minute match. That's like pretty. It's not like a lot much going on there, even though you know Joe can have like insane yeah. matches. He gets his shit in. He's he's saving his shit for Ring of Honor. I mean, I don't know if they probably already taped that, right? But like, he saved it. He saved it all for that. Whenever he has his title match in Ring of Honor, I feel like he wants to. He wants to be beefing up the Ring of Honor stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, Wardlow beef. D- defeats Samoa Joe to win the TNT Championship. This is something we had kind of covered. War dog. We covered this pretty extensively on a prediction show. I think the TNT Championship this, was... Right, we covered this. Like, let, me, let me explain to you all how much we've talked about this recently. We talked about this on last week's episode of the podcast. We talked <laughs> about this on... This week's episode of the podcast, we talked about it on the stream on like Wednesday or Thursday, Friday, whichever day that was before we recorded the podcast. We talked about it on the stream today before this show. Uh, So this is how much we've talked about this recently. Because I think the TNT title was in such a fascinating booking decision. And it's had a lot of – it's been through a crazy road the past three months. Some people might – if they blinked and they missed it, they would have missed Darby Allin as champion. I mean, he literally had it for four weeks. And I think they were in such a – they were in such a hard – I don't even say hard position. It's a fantastic position to be in where you got multiple guys that everyone's okay with if they're fucking champion. It's a great spot to be in. However, the decisions that come down to that, there's no way you don't go back and forth. Maybe the always plan always was for Samoa Joe to elevate Wardlow. Maybe that was the end game. And, and in between, they got, they got the Darby Allen thing added to his resume. And the whole plan was always Samoa Joe's going to be our guy in Ring of Honor. If it was, they did a good job because now we got Wardlow coming back. Wardlow wins this, but that's only looking at one side of this picture. The other side is now Powerhouse Hobbs. I, it wasn't just because of where they were in California, it, because it was in San Francisco, being his hometown, Oakland, whatever you want to say. Powerhouse Hobbs is very over right now, right? And he's coming for that championship. If we're being straight up, he should win that championship. So do you have a three-day Wardlow reign here after all the that, criticism that he got so, from his last title? That would be so title? brutal. From his last title reign, the fucking brutal booking that he went through. If this is your first time watching this, I mean, Wardlow's title reign was so disappointing because of the he, he when he won that title, he was on top of the world. By the time he lost it, no one gave a fuck. And he only held it for 136 days. The fact that they did that was was insane. But as we, we rewind back, the feud was with Powerhouse Hobbs. And people started getting into it, but people weren't as into Hobbs then. His character wasn't as developed. They had done Wardlow a similar was, thing to Hobbs where they built him up and had him shockingly beat Ricky, but then they never really yeah, did anything with him. So exactly. people bought out of it. And then they just recently have been building Hobbs up with the Book of Hobbs, which people are really into. So if they don't have Hobbs win here, a similar thing's going to happen where they're just 
where give up on Hobbs again because they just don't because okay th- there is a certain thing that people say in wrestling sometimes where like wins and losses don't matter I mean okay they they kind of do to some extent because there is a point where it's not that they don't believe that somebody can be a star it's that they believe that there's no chance they're going to get booked to be a star and that is the thing that will kill you and I personally think that if I had to give a reason why the factory died nobody ever believed the factory was going to do anything. So like there was no reason to keep it going. I mean, I'm not trying to yeah. be harsh here, but you know, like, and, and the last thing I'll say is we are now, you know, four months later, we're recycling back to this. And both of them have completely different characters from the last time they met. Wardlow is now, he's more or less booked as a sympathetic baby face. They've added this whole angle with his father and, you know, he has more motivation than ever before. And now he clearly used that motivation to beat the big bad Samoa Joe. Whereas Powerhouse Hobbs, essentially, he doesn't give a fuck about anyone. And he just wants to see the world burn. He's got a goddamn book where he's going to put their names in after, you know, after he beats their ass. And God, Powerhouse Hobbs felt like such a star again tonight when they showed him during this match. It's, it's the little things. But the match itself, nothing I'm, rem- I'm, I'm remembering too much that's going to stand out for me. Other than I thought Wardlow hit a really nice spine buster and he locked in the F he got the F10, hit like a perfect Centon Atomico off the top for the two. Joe ducked a Lariat, got in the Coquina clutch. I mean, you name it. They, there was some pretty good back and forth, but Joe ended up uh hitting a he escaped into a headbutt and a Coquina he locked in a Coquina clutch of his own for the victory. And we saw this this played out later with Danielson. Lift, you know, stopping his arm at two. But Wardlow wins. Wardlow has become TNT champion again. And another example dog. of a younger guy being put over by, honestly, a legend in the business. And again, Wardlow's not like young, young, but in terms of AEW talent, he's the future. I mean, Joe's That's not old, old either. I think we all expect Joe to have at least a few more years yeah. in the business, you know? Yeah, Joe. Joe's only eight years older than the guy. So it's like, this victory is huge for Wardlow. It's a win over Samoa Joe, a legend. And it continues the trend that AEW was setting tonight. Um, any other thoughts you have on the match and and I guess the booking decision? Because it's going to be our last show before Wednesday. So next yeah, week I mean, we might be talking about Hobbs as a champion. We might not even have an Eat Sleep Elite with Wardlow as the fucking champion. That that would be insane. Um, I mean, yeah, just uh, there was some small MMA of <clears throat> excuse me MMA influences as well as they referenced the influence on Joe's style of uh, guys like Misawa from All Japan, you know. Which um, I always forget that Joe is influenced by that style as well. You can just tell by watching. You don't even have to um, know that style. I think it's why he didn't really mesh with a lot of WWE wrestlers because I feel like that style just wouldn't work. Even though weirdly it's inspired by Western wrestling, I feel like the sports entertainment style of wrestling went away excuse me in a way a different direction away from that style of wrestling which i think if i can if i can make a giant gigabrain wrestling point here that is part of the reason why wrestling in general including indie wrestling which always mimics what they want the wrestling crowds to see in its purest form and why it sometimes lacks substance in comparison to even just a basic show like impact right um, yeah, I think is because of that sports entertainment style of wrestling that relies more on high spots and less on storytelling. Um, I think I might have just made like a really poignant point about the entirety of wrestling, but just, just don't mind me here. Non wrestler who's never wrestled a match or anything, making a good point. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, uh, Joe getting choked out is really, I think, good for Wardlow, especially if they were to keep this going, right? His storyline with him winning the title back, but 
I, I think I think I agree with you. I think he's probably running into a buzzsaw in Hobbs, and I just don't know how that's going to sit with me, knowing that they could have just had Joe retain. You know, I I think that's going to be the story of this match if he ends up losing the title. Is like, why didn't they? What? Why? I understand why would you have Wardlow have this match if you're going to have him lose, but like I also don't know why you'd have Hobbs win the brass ring. It, it, it's like I feel like we're right, literally right back where we were with these three, like the same time six, six yeah. months ago or something. You know, like. I, yeah, I think it's safe to say we have had a lot of transitional. People sometimes take that as a bad thing. But we've had a lot of transitional TNT champions. You can point to Darby Allen. His first reign was not. Miro was not. And Wardlow was not. Other than that, there's been a lot of transitional champions. And essentially, since Wardlow lost it at full gear last year, it's been bouncing around. If it lands on Hobbs and we get, you know, say he gets a nice 250 plus day reign, he is no not a transitional champion. I just need to see what the end game is. If or if Wardlow beats Hobbs and say he starts up becoming and he ends up being the greatest TNT champion ever with just an incredible run, you know, you can I, I could get into that too. I personally will okay, be I mean, who for even Hobbs. is the greatest TNT champion right now? Would it be Darby? Like, would it like? Some people really connect with uh, Brody Lee's run. It wasn't I mean, that long. Yeah, I mean, I can was, understand that. His for, like, stuff was great. And him and Cody, the, that feud was really great. That was the first AEW dog color match, right? Yep. I personally would probably point to Darby Allen. I think in his two runs, because I'm counting the second one. That was Come four on, it's weeks not long. Scorpio Sky? He <sighs> would have been my favorite TNT champion winner when he won it, but they did nothing with it. I was so there happy people when he watching won that. this you show right now. They're like Scorpio, who? <laughs> oh yeah, and not, and then he got hurt, and we haven't seen him since. So, uh, I, I hope the best for him. That him winning that was almost my favorite moment of the year last year, but I couldn't with how it what ended up happening. And plus, we had the acclaim win. So, okay. Speaking tag of match. acclaimed, yep, tag match. Here we go. The guns they have retained. They got their first entrance as tag team champions on a pay per view. And I kind of messaged you. I Honestly, was like, we, we were talking about that a lot. Let's be real. That is fucking baller as fuck. Let's be real. First entrance as is. a team of the championships on a pay-per-view. I, I'm There's, you know, I, it's kind of a mystique to that. I broke one of our golden rules, by the way. We didn't go through Joe's title reign. Here's the reality. He didn't have a defense. So uh, we'll just leave it at that. He won it off Darby Allen in a fantastic no-holds-barred match and lost it to Wardlow. So, yeah, I don't want to... <laughs> I I know I teed that up earlier. Just this could be like, the craziest hot shotting of a title of all time. We might go five different champions in four months. We got to see what the end game is because we've had all they've all been transitioning. We're in the end game now. But uh, yeah, uh, take the lead on this one. What did you? What'd you think of this match? And uh, any any notes you had that stuck out to you? Uh, Max Caster's rap wasn't like anything special. Um, it was fine. He did some rapping. He he did a joke about Cialis, I think, or something like that. Um, that they, they didn't really hit for me. Sometimes they do, sometimes yeah. they don't. You know, agreed. Um, it wasn't anything like unbelievable. Um, I still don't like four corners tag matches. I said that on the pre-show and on the p- podcast, and probably last week's podcast. Like, I just those matches just don't quite work for me. I don't know why. Um, I 
I still sometimes in my head, and I'm going to say this every time, probably we have one of these matches forever, but like, I just think it would work better if it was like a fatal four way, like, and you just tagged out your partner. Like, I know that doesn't make any sense. Couldn't but, like, agree more. I couldn't agree more. But like, it also doesn't make any sense to not anyway, whatever. Cause like, why would you tag? Out? Cause here's my problem, right? If you're the team that's the champions, why wouldn't you, why would you ever tag out for any reason? Cause you could lose your title anyway. Um, because you can still create that effect of them being able to lose that title that way in a tag match just by having them be knocked out like you would normally in like a triple threat or yeah, I'm not going to rant about this, but um, yeah. Shout outs to uh, Satnam Singh and uh, Sanjay with the fly ass gear that looking looking real cool. Um, so Danhausen and Cassidy in this match were basically way to bring the comedy, which I think they did a really good job of. Um, Cassidy was killing me with the with the lariats and stuff. Well, the not lariats, you know what I mean, like the spot where he goes in the, where he's not really going to hit you with the lariat in the corner. Um, he also Jeff Jarrett was having none of the pocket spots, and he was like, "What? I, what, what I'm going to do it anyway." So that was pretty yeah. fun. Um, it's crazy to me that Orange Cassidy, even in this sea of bodies, and I, I call some matches a sea of bodies, but God damn, this match was a sea of bodies. And um, he stood out in it to me still, which I think is kind of crazy to think. Like, it's one of those things that lends to that argument of mine being that he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, you know? Um, and uh, by far the best title reign right now in AEW. They keep referring to him as the Men's hottest side. single star in AEW, and it's, that's, I mean, that's got to be true, you know, like um, at this point. Um, which is kind of crazy. I remember, I remember saying that to you. Like, I, I remember it's so crazy. I don't like to always click gloat about this stuff, but this is one of those random things I said on the podcast, just without thinking. You know, because I was randomly really feeling Cassidy one day after some good match. I was like, man, when he wins this title, it's gonna be, it's gonna be insane. You know, here we are, like however many days later into this title reign, and it has been a glorious, glorious title reign with Cassidy as all the champion. Even man. though we didn't defend the title on the show, I'm very glad he got on at the end of the day. I mean, like, just the fact that, it, that they had to feature him. I think that's kind of crazy. Like, I don't even think there was a real injury with the other guys. I think they just decided to put them in because they were like, we got to get Orange Cassidy on this show. I kind of feel bad for, for Trent I feel and Chuck. For, I feel bad. Yeah, I, feel I, spe- I especially guys. feel bad for Chuck because he gets like no opportunities to do anything in AEW really, you know, like outside the matches with, with uh, again, I won't if harp I'm on that. If I'm Chuck, I'm, I'm making a pitch to do the shit Matt Menard's doing because that guy's a natural fucking Dude, imagine him and d- those two as commentary team. Oh, my God. Seriously, Chuck Taylor would be, I mean, we know Samoa Joe's eventually going to go into commentary, right? I, I would think outside I, I of Joe, the most obvious Joe one. is the third commentator on Ring of Honor. Oh. I mean, when Joe was injured in WWE and he ran commentary for Raw, even at WrestleMania, he did fucking commentary and he killed it. And it's like I mean, Samoa Joe is just is that beyond good. talented at anything, so you could stick him anywhere. So I think yeah. the same thing with 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 those guys that we're talking about. Chuck Taylor would be electric at commentary. Um, this is to be Timbers on Sanjay. I think the Acclaimed stood out in this match as well. They still look, they you know, obviously still looking good. We got a Satnam versus Dan Housen tease for the 10 millionth time. We got to have that match at some point. I don't care uh, if Dan Housen gets a double or nothing. Yes, for the title anyway. Um, Dan Housen enters as champion. No, anyway. Um, How do we get there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> I don't fucking know. Um, I, I think it made sense that Dan Housen took the pin in this match. Yep. Um, and then Renee obviously does the interview afterward and we get FTR. Um, when the interview started, did you, was your, did you feel it? I didn't know that was when it was going to be. I actually thought that we, I, I had like a whole other thing in my head that I talked about on like the, like, you know, in the lead up that I thought maybe could happen, but like, um, it makes sense more to do it there. Yep. 
you know so as soon as they started the interview i i was watching this with my sister i immediately called it out i'm like oh shit fdr is coming back that's the only reason you do an interview post-match you haven't done shit like that for anyone else i'm like they actually got them back and then the music hits huge ovation our boys are there uh dax got split open on the punch we know now uh oh, shit. He, there was a punch that he got split Damn. open. double or nothing ftr versus the guns it's not the sexiest thing, right? No, but FTR but, winning, winning yeah. the championships at double or nothing, being under a new contract, taking them over the summer, fucking having them as our tag team over the summer. That's when maybe we can shuffle in our – if Jer- Jericho Appreciation Society is still going, Guevara and Garcia against FTR. You name it. The FTR oh. is so great. You can put them against any fucking team. You can run back the Young Bucks with them. You can run Aussie Open with them. We just – I think we needed them back because I was starting to get weird vibes from Dax and I was getting a little worried. I'm like, no, you guys don't want to go back there, man. Come on. Don't fucking do this. The Fed. To, stay in AEW. You could do your own thing. Don't, don't, don't do it to yourself, man. You don't want to be shaving each other's fucking backs. And they're not. They're back in AEW. Uh, I mean, they're back I'm shaving. Ass- oh, wait, sorry. Yeah. And I'm assuming. This is best kid. If we were going to pick one return, I think safe to say both of us would have picked FDR. If we were, if we had to pick one people, one person that we could bring back, it's like I, in a dream world, I want FDR back because that means they're here. But Leo, and, no, I'm just kidding. And it's just like if there was going to be a debut, I thought it might have been Jay White with him not debuting here. I'm, I'm feeling pretty comfortable he's going to the WWE, which is Matt, good for Jay. White. Not, not watch Jay White debut on Wednesday. Yeah, watch it happen. Um, but yeah, so that was a tag match. I don't think I had anything else to, no, there wasn't, it wasn't like a super spectacular match, but it did like, like I mentioned earlier, everything that was where it was did what it had to do. And I feel like that match set us up perfectly for the 60 minutes of insanity we were about to get into. Yeah. Um, 60 plus minutes. I mean, how much do we have a total match time? It had to be like close to almost an hour and a half. I'm not even entirely sure how to cover this, uh, other than like. I, I don't even know where to start with this. Our main event, 60-minute Iron Man match. Uh, MJF ends up winning in sudden death overtime. He wins 4-3, to three, right? He retains the AEW World Championship, which I think at the end of the day is the right call. Unfortunately, I don't see a world where Danielson ends up being AEW champion. I just I don't know how he gets another shot. That's fourth time. And if he is going to do the G1 over the summer, you don't want your AEW champion gone for that long time. Like, you just don't. We need him every week. Yeah, AEW's only once a week. You can figure it out. But I just don't see a world where that happens. Because even Tony's like saying, oh, 33, we don't, you know, he might be champion by then. So who knows? He's not going to be champion. We know that now. This feud has been so much fun. I felt the, the like the hate during this match, um, Let MJF literally you. the first like ten minutes it was kind of the feeling out process as well as some good punches. They took it to the outside. MJF took a drink from this mom and splashed it on her kid, which we've learned now was not a plant. Um, the kid actually ended up getting pretty upset, but it sounds like our guy at Grab City, Will Washington, was able to calm him down and. They ended up having a good time. He was seen later booing people, so having fun. 
I, I believe I saw a picture with him in Powerhouse Hobbs before we went live. So he's meeting wrestlers. He's having a good time. You know, I'm sure it was one of those things in the moment. He's like, oh, my God, what just happened to me? And, you know, once he figured it out, I was like, oh, OK. So clearly, shout out Grapsity, man. I love those 20 guys, years so. from now when MJF is a 10 time champion and this kid defeats him for the championship. It's going to be a legendary moment. It will be one of the greatest stories of all time. Genuinely. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned at the beginning uh, MGF's little thing about, am I going to lose a star for this? That popped me. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but I guess anything specific you want to hit. I mean, the pins were pretty cool. I don't know, uh, man. Zero stars. MJF dropped the belt right before the match started. I don't know. Yep. Zero stars. Should have lost a championship for that alone. I, he should have lost a fall I guess, instantly. I guess real quick, I'll get the pins, right? So... Pretty much around the 26-minute mark, Danielson hit a Busaiko knee to go up 1-0. MGF then hits a low blow to fall behind 2-0 via disqualification, but he pins him immediately what, twice What are you after. talking about? MJF can't wrestle. He's just good on the mic. He's just good on the mic. If people are still saying that after this, they seriously just need to stop watching. No, that's mean to say, but you know what I mean. Like, come on, guys. Let's, let's get over this shit. It's like something that people were saying the other night about uh, a certain wrestler being like Ryback. It's like, come on, guys, you, you're not watching. All right. And I'm not, you know. And but eventually the heat seeker connected and MJF went up three to two with 19 minutes remaining. He's in the camera mentioning Danielson's children. He, he had a line. He's like, you're the best in the world. You fucking suck. <laughs> he has he's got nothing behind his punches. MJF's blowing snot rockets at him. He ends up kind of getting some love back. He connects with a high crossbody off the top to the floor. MJF was thrown into a corner. A superplex led to a diving headbutt that busted MJF open. MJF opened pretty badly. He's bleeding like a gusher. John Moxley should be proud. A Busaiko knee led to a regal stretch. MJF tapped with 10 minutes left. It's an even 3-3. Danielson uh, wasted a lot of time when MJF sank in the salt of the earth. Danielson countered with a label lock. The blood allowed MJF to wiggle free. Got the armbar back. Um, we're about five minutes now. Danielson hit a fucking beautiful forearm. MJF answered with another heat seeker for a two. An avalanche tombstone. MJF takes too long to get the cover. Danielson got a single leg crab with a minute left. MJF taps as the bell sounds. Um, the crowd was not happy with that, as they should be. I want to point we don't, out we don't there was an H2O chant for the amount of water MJF was drinking. And I just want to say, if you're this many hours into this show and you haven't, get some water. I'm, I've got water right next to me right now. Hydrate, folks. Stay hydrated. Hydrate. Yes. Amen. And at this point, you know, what What are your thoughts? You're like, are, were you thinking the same thing I am? Like, there's no way. They're they're not ending it like this. We're going to have a fucking win. Um, They're genuinely two of the best wrestlers in the business right now. I was There was no way this was ending like that. I was just waiting for right. it. Um, I think I think they should have pre-communicated that that was what was going to happen to everyone. I understand they wanted to get the general, excuse me, genuine reactions of the commentators. I just think actually in this case actually genuinely helped because you could tell they had no idea this is where things were going. Um, but it was just funny listening to Tony Khan literally talk to Tony Shivani. We had some Tony on Tony communication to get the uh, the word out that we were going to overtime. You know. Yep. Take us to sudden death, where. Yep, like you said, Tony Schiavone, we get the sudden death rules. Um, Danielson get, nearly got a schoolboy. MJF got a low blow and a schoolboy on his own for two. MJF tried to use the belt. Referee Bryce said, go ahead and get DQ'd. You lose. MJF got the diamond like, ring. Yeah, be missed. my guest. 
I'll DQ you, buddy. You'll lose the title. I thought that was a nice touch. Ada was smart. I like when our refs are smart. That was smart. Danielson hit a poison Rana and a Busaiko knee. MJF kicks out. Danielson locked in the half crab. Bryce noticed the ring, took it from MJF. Again, smart ref. Rope break by MJF. He tapped at the same time. Danielson thought he won. MJF grabbed the oxygen tank, left right, left ringside for some reason. And oh, yeah, that was thought. a really crazy image, too, between rounds, him getting the oxygen given to him, which I'm sure he actually needed. But like that was I was awesome. That was like some NFL like in Denver. It was shit, you know, like it really was. And MJF a plot cracked him over the skull. Well, right. Bryce didn't see. He applied the little bell lock to an unconscious Danielson. The arm wouldn't drop for three. He starts to fade and shocked everyone when he taps. MJF retains the title. This was a like 60 plus minute match. This was a fucking awesome Iron Man match. It was well paced. Again, there's moments throughout each and every like 10 minute segment here that I I was I never found myself bored. Yeah, the, I never the, found the myself first 60 minutes shot by and then the last like whatever it was, 5 10 minutes or whatever that we got was also shot by. Like it was just like it was crazy. It didn't feel like an hour long match. And this is something you always hear about Danielson is that he can have these these broadways, you know, these long 60 minute matches where it doesn't feel like a, like a long match. You know what I mean? It feels like you're just watching a regular wrestling match. That's like 10, 15, 20 minutes, you know, like this is like an hour long plus match. And it just felt like it flew by. That's insane. And oh God, what a fun main event. And what a fun show. I'm seeing such good word of mouth. Some people are saying it's their favorite revolution. Some people are saying it's top three for AEW. And I think this overall, I'm not going to like try and rank this thing, but I'm going to say this. Seemingly, especially ever since we've done this podcast, AW has developed a reputation for building up a pay-per-view. Even when some people, the build on this show was not necessarily the strongest for every match. For sure, our main event, it was an unbelievably strong well, the, build. For like not two every, of the storylines, we had to like time warp back like six months. Yeah, but I mean, you know. not every match had a great build. But yet they came on the show and the fucking pay-per-view delivers. AW at this point, unlike my guy Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, they deliver in the big fucking pay-per-views. Ouch. They deliver in the big matches. No, he fucking deserves it. Seriously. But uh, sports, uh, you know, anger aside, is it safe to say? Unlike like, my team since- in the quarterback position. Wait. <laughs> exactly. You guys lost Andrew Luck and you're fucking done. There's there has not been a single fluke pay per view since we've been covering the show. For example, I think we're seven, seven or eight pay per views we've covered. Two two in twenty twenty one, five last year, one now. So eight pay per views in, they're fucking batting eight for eight. They're putting up Josh Naylor numbers, motherfucker, and this is what we love. So, I guess yeah. Any any thoughts on that? Because that's just kind of how I'm feeling right now. I'm like, we were talking on on the prediction show yesterday. We're like, I. I Let's just let's hope they go out there and deliver again. Like they know what to do. I mean, and they it's, fucking it's did tough because like this is the only problem with like when you have like twelve weeks sometimes between a pay per view is like you like are they gonna come through? Like I don't know, you know, like because they don't have four hundred pay per views under their belt or whatever. Like it's even more than that. It's probably ridiculous. Probably yeah. thousands for WWE at this point. I mean, but like, um, <laughs> like yeah, seemingly, yeah. I mean, like because they've been running like twelve a year for like. 20 30 years i mean maybe, maybe hundreds then maybe i'm a, maybe i maybe i did some bad math there but you know what i mean like um and, you know it's we not do five pay-per-views a year oh it's so crazy they got they gotta add at least one or two more i feel like 
So it doesn't feel so lonely. I think six would be perfect. We should get one around January. <sighs> I do agree with that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, something like that. But I, I'm just really happy with the show. I'm really, really excited for Dynamite on Wednesday now, especially because there were some things that didn't happen that might happen. You know, it's almost like post-WrestleMania with every AEW pay-per-view because some stuff that you might have thought would have happened on the show could happen. Like CM Punk could be there. There could be... It could be other craziness you could see chris statlander layla hirsch you could see all kinds of craziness you could see the payoff of some of the stuff that happened on the show i would expect <laughs> we, to get a promo from ricky show. starks i would expect to get a promo from jungle boy possibly i you know like there's gonna be some craziness on this episode of dynamite i have a feeling definitely got to hear from the guns yeah so I- i'm excited to see that again if this is your first time checking us out thank you very much for checking us out i hope you enjoyed the show um, hit the follow button on whatever platform you're on, Spotify, Apple, Google, it doesn't matter. Check us out for next week because we'll be here Sunday or Saturday sometimes, you never fucking know, where we'll have full coverage of the week that happened. Um, you can check us out on Twitter. We have a, a, a Twitter handle we use called Eat Sleep Elite, simple as our name. Um, if you hop on there and give us a follow, we, we always follow back. You know how it is. We like to kind of build a wrestling community. Any questions for us, you can always DM us there or just send a tweet and we'll kind of do a mailbag on our uh, – Eat Sleep Elite show during the news segment. And yeah, uh, you can follow uh, Garrett here at Bane Duke. You can follow me, O Charlie, with an X instead of an A. Thanks for hanging out. Any uh, closing closing thoughts you had, Garrett, before we uh, send the people home? Uh, there should be a match between Will Ospreay and Vikingo. Holy shit, wouldn't that be big? <laughs> On that note, guys, uh, thanks for hanging out and hope you enjoy the show.